Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... We are all safe at home, but we can turn to books for company. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop in order to support independent bookstores while supporting your favorite bookmakers and kidlit podcasters. Same books, same great prices, but this time your dollars make a difference for someone or some indie trying to make a difference. Go to MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop to choose your next great read. You are a rare exception among children's book illustrators that I feel like you really bring a, a wonderful sense of, of, of abstract art and of color playing together and of just, there's a vibrance to what, to what you bring onto the page that spoke immediately to, to all of us as readers. Uh, and Rainboy was, was just one of their absolute favorite books. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. I'm really touched to hear that. It started with the sketch of a rain cloud. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 593. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Dylan Glenn, author and illustrator of Rainboy, as well as illustrator of Be Amazing, written by Desmond is Amazing. In Rainboy, the title character is ridiculed at a party for bringing everything down. But rain is going to rain, right? When being who you are is what you do, it can be awfully difficult to feel welcome in any space where who you are is rejected. Similarly, the cultural climate of homophobia is changing, but that doesn't keep queer-centered stories from now taking up most of the spots in ALA's most frequently banned books lists. We have a long way to go, but in this queer, ugly duckling story, we can all be reminded that there's enough room under the sun to make room for everyone. Time to be brave. Time to be fierce. Please welcome my guest, Dylan Glenn, author and illustrator of Rainboy, an illustrator of Be Amazing, written by Desmond is Amazing. So my name's Dylan Glenn. I use he, him pronouns, and I uh, do kids' books. I write and illustrate them, and uh, I'm trained as an animator, so I also make animated shorts. Wonderful. It's so great to meet you, Dylan. I'm so glad we get to talk today. Thanks. Me too. Thanks for having me. 
I was saying to you off recording that that this is one of those podcasts that my fourth graders and I, we were preparing to, uh, or we had reached out to a number of different um, authors and illustrators that, that we wanted to try to interview this semester. And now, um, as of recording this, we're all home on quarantine, but that um, that doesn't at all take away that that we have all these questions for you, and I can't wait to pour on all of this love from them and from me for what you do. So I'd love, if you don't mind, to start with talking about Rain Boy. Yeah, of course. You've got this <laughs> this beautiful picture book that I feel like I'm going to be talking forever about. So first, why don't I invite you to share what the book is about in your own words? Um, I would say, I mean, the book is very much about my own childhood and my experience of othering, um, as a gay child, uh, and the bullying that I experienced as a child because I was, uh, effeminate. And then, um, yeah, the book has this message that, you know, it will be okay, uh, and that you'll be celebrated for being who you are. You, at some point. Um, so I'm trying to deliver this message of hope. I think that that delivering that message through the sun and the rain, bringing forth a rainbow by having children outside playing together. I mean, this story um, on paper has a cloud, a beautiful, smiling, charming cloud being rain boy. Um, who's invited to a birthday party for a new kid in class for son. And um, when Rainboy goes to this party, um, well, it just essentially results in all of the other uh, classmates saying, rain, rain, go away, feeling like Rainboy was spoiling the party. And, and I think there's a real uh, strong undercurrent here of how much space we make for one another and how um, how we leave room for, for other people to feel welcome, whether or not we feel comfortable with them around or if if we don't know or understand them yet. It's it's about providing mm-hmm. that space, I feel. Mm-hmm. I think that in doing this through <laughs> a number of, of, of different children, um, all gathered together, but also of these these two sort of abstract characters representing the sun and the rain. Um, Rainboy looking almost nothing like any of the other kids in the story because they all look like kids. But in that way, allowing right. Rainboy to be anyone, that anyone can see themselves on Rainboy or on Sun Kid in that way. I found that there were a lot of really powerful beats in the story but that also it gave space for the children who thought they had a problem with Rainboy to find their own way through the story into an understanding and a bridge and a welcoming of everyone. Ooh, yeah, I love that. I would love to know how this story started out for you. If this was always the story you had in mind or if it evolved Ooh. in some way, because the way that it is presented to us is, is as I said, it's it. Your illustration style is, is beautiful and reminds me of, 
sort of the silly, zany, exaggeratedness of Chris Roshka paintings um, with also just a lot of sweetness outpouring in, in our main characters' faces. So where did, oh, thanks. Where did this title um, come from I for you? I don't yeah. know this uh, illustrator. Oh, yeah. So um, I actually had the idea originally for Rain Boy um, around seven years ago. And uh, then it started with this sketch. I had this visual concept of this rain cloud character with the same exact likeness that Rain Boy still has uh, in print to this day. But I imagine this smiling cloud, um, his body was like, it's like in, in, if you know the book, you can look to the last page on the end papers, how I've drawn Rainboy there, where the, his body is uh, made of these bands of the rainbow, like one arm is like, let's say blue, and then the other one is red, and then the legs are yellow and green, that kind of thing. I started with that sketch in a sketchbook seven years ago, which is astounding to me that it was that long ago <laughs> but i had that concept uh visually and when i did that drawing i knew what the story was already i was like oh, okay this is a story where like there's a rain cloud kid who everyone hates because it's raining and then in the end he becomes a rainbow like that just to me that was like a neat and tidy concept and i also already knew like with that concept i knew like okay yeah and this is about being a queer child um and later I realized, later as people kept, you know, because I was working on this book for a few years, later when people would ask me, like, oh, what's your book about? Like, the uh, distillation of the plot uh, quickly became like, oh, this is like a queer, ugly duckling story where a rain cloud becomes a rainbow. Um, so that's, yeah, that's how the story was conceived. And then how did it change? Um, then I did, so I had... This first concept seven years ago, then I made like a little comic strip version of it that had the rain, rain, go away thing in it. It was like a little comic strip where he was a rain cloud and then just with a few character sketches. Uh, in, in animation, we always do these like character models uh, sheets. So it was in that vein. This little story uh, progression where he goes from the rain cloud into the rainbow and we have text on it that says like rain, rain, go away. And then his response is like, why won't they just let me play? So then, yeah, first we had the sketch, then there's this little comic version again many years ago. Then I went back to school to study directing for animation. So I was back in school for a couple of years. And then when I finished school, I was like, okay, the first thing I want to do now that I'm done school is I want to do my kid's book, Rain Boy. Like I... This is a concept that is really near and dear to me. Um, so then I did what's called like the dummy for my book. I did the rough version um, where it sketches and finished illustrations. And that was like the first draft of the book. And then I shopped that around. And um, eventually uh, my friend Emily Hughes, who's also a uh, kid's book author and illustrator, she showed my dummy to Taylor Norman at Chronicle Books, who became my editor. And yeah, Taylor picked up the book, and then I started working with Chronicle. And then through, the, I knew that when I got my book deal with Chronicle, I would, re the book would be, like, I, we would rewrite the book together. And um, yeah, so we did that, and we, like, restructured it. The book became a bit longer. Um, we balanced out how much time there is between Rainboy and Sun Kid, and reworked the plot. 
And yeah, like the birth, the whole birthday thing didn't exist in the earlier, earliest versions of the book. But then as I got feedback from Taylor and we worked together, then I came up with this um, birthday thing. And yeah, now we have the book we have today. I love that you got to work with Taylor. Taylor makes beautiful books. Chronicle makes beautiful books. But how fun too that that there were parts of this that didn't exist prior to going in there, but that you knew that that was just going to be part of the process. Why make books for children at all? That seems like such a silly thing to ask, but I find that it takes a special person to be drawn to telling stories for children. So what what drew you in, Dylan? Hmm. I guess in this particular case, there, yeah, there's, there can be you know an infinite amount of reasons to, to make books for children. But for one thing, I can say with this one, this is kind of like this kind of book where it's like, oh, this is the book that I would have I would have wanted myself as a child to read, because when I was a kid, I, you know, it's the it was the '90s, so um, the kind of cultural climate of homophobia was much more intense than it is now. Even though I recognize that now there's still many places where that like that's still many children's reality. And that's why it's important, I think, that these kind of books, like my book and the book Be Amazing, exist that show that show kids that who they are is not only okay, but is something like wonderful and something to be celebrated, um, especially like uh, queer children in particular, or children that are even just read as as queer or as like non um, non heteronormative. Um, so yeah, in this case, like I feel like in the case of my of my book, Rainboy, and of Be Amazing that I'm the illustrator on, the, these are books that are, are for celebrating kids who are quote-unquote like different uh, in that queer kind of regard. But um, with, I think it's a great question about like, do we make books for kids? Because now I'm writing my next book. Maybe there's, I feel like I'm probably jumping ahead of questions, but my no, next book this. is more about like, what, oh, okay, okay, great. My next book that I'm writing now and I'm I'm coming I'm making the dummy now for my next book and this one is more about like okay well given the um climate crisis like what do we ch- tell children right now um cuz I feel like that's almost like its own kind of problem it's like what do you even tell children right now like and then now it just feels like it's like underlined by this global crisis um yeah, so yeah, the first book, yeah, my first book is like something the book that I wanted as a child um as a queer child who didn't have positive role models like or wasn't didn't really have many people or almost any people really telling me like, "Oh yeah, that's great that you're gay." It was like the word gay was like an insult. Oh yeah. Um I, Yeah. I but find it kind now, of funny that you I'm have sorry. this phrase of, "Oh, it's great that you're gay." <laughs> I thought that's not a thing I have ever heard. Um, especially not growing up and especially mm. likewise feeling, yeah. feeling the connection with, I mean, Dylan, when I read this book with students, I have that connection to kids. When I was a kid, I, I couldn't be who I wanted to be. There were parts of me that I knew that, that, that I would be rejected for, for being this mm-hmm. way. And yet now I'm in this completely different situation where I get to work with children and affirm 
these qualities in them. Mm. And when we read your book and say, well, what do you think this is about? Oh, well, we're talking about rainbows and about feeling different. And, you know, this might be about LGBTQ experiences and being able to say, like, the fact that you, 10-year-old, even have that come to your brain is, one, telling me Mm -hmm. it's a completely different world, but two, telling me that, like, what a blessing that these children are in our world right now and can carry these stories Mm. forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to hear that that's happening in a classroom, like in your classroom, that these kids can be affirmed for who they are and as opposed to being like shamed for who they are, which is frankly like what my, like is a characteristic of my childhood. Even though I have like really great parents and my parents aren't even really like homophobic and all that. But the thing is you still grow up in an environment like you can not to say that my parents are enlightened, but theoretically, like if you, you could grow up with parents still growing up in a world that is pretty like, you know, whatever word you want to use, pretty unconscious overall. And that has a pretty big effect on you. Dylan, would you mind if I read the beginning of your text in Rainboy aloud to give others listening a sense of what, what connection you're making now that we know that this story is sort of, you know, semi-autobiographical. Yeah, sure, sure. Please it's also, go ahead. I mean, it's also just beautiful. I love a good picture book that allows the art to do so much talking with the words, just these these short snips of words so that it, it causes the reader to have to slow down and take in the art. And that is certainly what we do in your book. It starts, once there was a rain boy. Rainboy was not popular around the sandbox or the monkey bars or the soccer field. Because, of course, when Rainboy was around, it rained. Sunkid was another story. Sunkid was new. She was from somewhere on the other side of the planet. Sunkid was the talk of the playground. She was popular at barbecues, at tea parties, and at the beach. Because when Sunkid was around, it was sunny. Her birthday was smack dab in the middle of summer, and her parents decided to throw her a big sleepover surprise party. The whole class was coming. Rainboy had never been to a birthday party before, and he might never go to one again. This wasn't the surprise anybody had planned. And I'll stop there. I just feel that you, in that short course of time, of introducing us to these two characters set up something really important, which is that it's it's what I think the self is going through based on the environment they're walking into. It's never Rainboy versus Sun Kid is more of, I think, what I'm trying to say, as if these two are in competition with one another because they're not. Rather, it's, mm-hmm. it's one trying to... No, it's both of them trying to exist in this same space where where hate is is thrown around in the way that it is to cause anyone to feel unwelcome. I hope I'm saying that okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really appreciate uh, hearing your um, response. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. 
You can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of the Children's Book Podcast can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of just one month. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter WINNER. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I think that being able to read this book with, with a small group of children and have them respond in the way they did to your art as well, Dylan, was something really, really cool. I was saying to you off recording that your your art is just something different, I think, from what we see in a lot of picture books. And whenever that experience happens, we all get really excited about the art that we're looking at in in books. That, I don't know how else to say it, other than you can just tell when an artist has a voice in the art they're making in a book. And and you have a very distinct voice, and it's one that um, really calls on the reader to to investigate every corner of your art and to read all of the colors that you've put down and all of the choreographing of the characters and the set that you've put down it really calls the reader to pay attention, and I really love that. Oh, thank you. That's such a wonderful compliment. I mean, that's all I could really hope for. So thank you so much for saying that. Of course. That ominous page, when a storm began to brew, I have to tell you that a room full of fourth graders felt completely silent. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, that was a really fun illustration to do. So I'm glad that uh, they responded to it as I would have hoped. Well, I love that you had the chance to, to make a picture book that's a little longer than normal picture books and typical picture books because it just gave more real estate to go slow with the story and to Mm -hmm. allow rain boy and sun kid to be apart from the children you have a great line that i thought oh this is really profound for what we're all going through which is uh where did you let me flip to it it says uh here um uh, Rainbow didn't come back to school, neither did Sun Kid. The kid said that uh, he must have kidnapped her. It didn't matter what Ms. Parks told them. But then it goes on. A day turned into weeks, into months of rain. People learned to live with wetness. They stayed inside and drank hot cocoa. Their flowers bloomed and the grass turned greener and they noticed they were talking to each other a lot more. And I thought that that's an interesting and profound statement for us all being indoors now and how we can be indoors and be, you know, just allow it to drive us crazy in isolation or we can reach out. Not that we need to go outdoors. We should all be safe, but that we can reach out and seek social connections. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely yeah, because the, the book um, is going to come out in a couple weeks. It's the, the release date is literally, I think, in exactly two weeks. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about 
the book and yeah, this parallel to the being inside uh, for what feels like forever sort of thing. So yeah, it is a kind of funny, strange parallel between, <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of funny about the timing, but then it's also funny cause in the book, like I, I have this very romantic lens of being inside and now I'm actually having to uh, like walk the walk. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. Oh no. Well, I want to take us from there and to be amazing, but your art, tell me about your art in Rainboy. Is it is it primarily watercolor and, and paint? Um, yeah, it's it's like a mixed media book. So there's if people say like it's watercolor, that is accurate, but I actually also use a lot of gouache. But then the way I use gouache paint is like watercolor, like I use it usually pretty watered down. Yeah. So yeah, I guess technically it's like I use watercolor, gouache, um, and then also pencil crayons and uh, some bits of collaged paper, like cutout paper. And uh, there was a bit of dry pastel as well on some pages. So it was, yeah, I really uh, threw in the kitchen sink on this one. <laughs> but it looks really nice, and especially for the way it speaks to the story that you're telling. I really love how much... I mean, literally how much water is on the page. It really feels like when you made Thank you for the art, noticing it was that. wet. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I, I thought of that, I guess. Yeah, that was definitely a conscious aesthetic choice. Because, um, yeah, I think even since undergrad, my I have used watercolor in this really watery way. Um, so, yeah, to me, it just made sense. I was like, oh, this will it this will come together in a very natural way because yeah, <laughs> already a lot of times is very watery. And then I was like, Oh, this whole book about water, but water has kind of been a theme throughout my whole body of work anyway. So it's all, it's all there. It's all already all the writing was already on the wall. The writing that. was already on the wall. Uh, well, you go from that. But, and, uh, no, go ahead. Or sorry. No. Um, uh, for, now I forget what I was going to say. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I was just going to go from <laughs> no, there. No, 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 no. I was going to go from there into be amazing because the the art is a little different in that. I feel like the colors yeah. pop a lot brighter. We're using more solid inks and we're we're getting yeah. a lot more of um I mean this is also for those that don't know this book. This was like the picture book when it arrived in the book mail that I was like, "Oh my god, I need to show my children this today." That Desmond is Amazing has uh, written a picture book about LGBTQ and specifically trans history. I was like, this is the greatest thing. And and it's it's exceptional and beautiful. And it's a child sharing that we are part of this history. It was it was outstanding. Oh, well, uh, your enthusiasm is infectious. I'm so glad that you were so uh, excited by the book. I was quite excited and even from there went immediately to showing four of my five students. One of my um, podcasters knew exactly who Desmond is Amazing is and was very excited about that. Um, uh, as he was also very excited just about taking on the, the, the focus of these two books that we were with this LGBTQ focus. But the other children were unaware of Desmond is amazing. And so we got to watch some YouTube clips uh, and that was super fun. Oh, great. So how did you get involved in, I guess what would be considered a, 
like a celebrity picture book, right? What we consider that. I mean, that's what is amazing. It certainly has some celebrity, but yet I read this going like, no, this feels like this is written by, there's some celebrity books that we call them that, that just feel like, oh, this is not a person Mm. that knows how to write books for children. But, but this, Mm. to have this book be in a picture book format makes it so widely acceptable to that age range and yet there's so much packed into this book. Uh, I just am floored by this. And I am amazed by your art in this. Oh, thanks. Um, now, how did I wind up with this gig? Uh, my friend, uh, Lynn Scurfield, was originally asked to do the the illustrations for this book. But then um, she couldn't take on the project at the time. So then she had referred them to me. And then, yeah, eventually I, I ended up getting the um, getting the, the deal for this one. But um, it was really great to work on this book. Um, the deadline was really – the turnaround was really quick. But the whole team at Macmillan was very understanding of that. So it actually went super smoothly through all the stages of revision and everything, even though it was really only a couple months to get all the illustrations done, which is um, part of why the – style between my book and between this book is different because I had to be really thoughtful and strategic about what the direction for the Be Amazing book would be because my timeline was so short. Um, And then also the nature of the book is so different. So uh, with the Desmond is Amazing book, I felt like it made sense to try to reference fashion illustration as much as possible, which I've always really loved and have this uh, style that is as expressive as possible and hopefully has as much like movement in the brush strokes and, and giving a sense of like ink sketches. Uh, Cause these are sort of stylistic elements that you see in fashion illustration. Yeah. It felt to me like I was, you know, looking at, <laughs> looking at sketches with Tim Gunn and um, <laughs> noticing different <laughs> sketches like that. I'm clearly watching a whole lot of making the cut right now, but um I, oh, I need to check that out. Oh my word! You haven't seen it yet. You need to. You need to check it out. It's fantastic. And now okay, they go all well, over the world. Yeah, I've heard good things. It's great. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I especially was drawn to in this, and it makes sense as you're saying about fashion sketches, is that the the ink in this book, and pardon me for my limited vocabulary and how I describe art, other than just being like it's That's really very pretty. Okay, I don't. <laughs> I don't expect people. To, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. That's fine. Well, I was going to say that a lot of the line work feels like it feels fast, which is awesome. Like there's a real Jules Pfeiffer style to just like big broad strokes mm-hmm. and quickness, but it also feels like sharpie. Like let's grab the tool that's right there and draw the thing before I can't think of the idea anymore. Like it's exactly the the frenetic energy that you get in fashion sketches, at least when I'm like watching people draw sketches mm-hmm. for that show where it's like, I got to get the idea out of my head right now with whatever mm-hmm. muse I'm looking at that's inspiring me. Oh, great. Yeah. I think like having work that has this sense of spontaneous spontaneity and immediacy is something that I really have strived for, for many years. So I'm glad that, you know, that comes across and everything. Oh, for sure. Did you get to meet Desmond in the process of making this book? 
Uh, no, we still haven't met. Um, uh, there was before um, this mass quarantine effort. There, we had started to talk about maybe me coming to New York, possibly doing an event with Desmond to, for the book launch. But yeah, then all of this happened. So uh, yeah, I still haven't met Desmond. Um, now they're talking about moving the. Well, now they're. Then this has happened. The the book will not be released until July, because um, Pride was canceled, and part of yeah. the whole marketing for the book was that it would come out during Pride Month. Um, so they've moved the release of the book. So maybe I'll meet Desmond in the summer or something like that. If the release is in July, maybe I'll. Who knows? My birthday's in July. Maybe I'll swing it, swing by. <laughs> but um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't met them yet. I mean, regardless, it was it was more that I was asking also because of just how Desmond is portrayed in this book. There's a lot of like great sketches of them. There's a lot of great portraits, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for. But also um, it just it just has a feel a, a a posturing or something that I can I can picture Desmond and their YouTube videos and the way that the other folks in this book are also illustrated, the way that Desmond's words come out in this book, it just feels like, let me grab your hand and take you on a tour of these people that I know that have influenced me, these people throughout history, these people that I I literally know, Desmond's saying this, there's just moments like that that Mm -hmm. feel like, let's run through the scenery and meet these people, you have to meet them right now. And that energy mm-hmm. to have it captured in, in, in text and then carried through in art was just it, both the text and your art serve this book as an, as a singular item really, really well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I like that interpretation that it's like a kid who uh, wants you to meet all these people. That's very charming. I think that that's not, maybe it's also coming from, that's exactly what my children are like. <laughs> so like, come mm-hmm, Mr. Mm-hmm. Winner, did you know about this thing? I, um, <laughs> I think that, I think that uh, the students that, that it matters to know that I am an ally in the school seem to take a lot of pride in coming to me and saying, did you know about this book? Did you see this? Did you hear that? And I am not out at school, nor do I feel um, the, the need to, to be, to prove anything to people, but, but who I am for these children, um, I think is, is exactly I feel like where I need to be with them that I feel like they know we don't need to talk about anything. <laughs> they already know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really, yeah, well, obviously they feel safe around you. They, so there's that. Well, thank you for saying that, but there's just yeah. where I'm trying to lead. I'm not trying to center myself in this. I apologize for that. I'm more trying to take us to saying though, that, that there's a shared experience and affirmation in reading a book like this and reading a book like Rainboy in reading a book like any of the other handful of books I could name off right now that just feel like you, the author and illustrator are saying, I see you. I know you see me in this mm-hmm. book. I want you to know that I see you too. 
And that feels really, mm-hmm. really yeah. wonderful. As a person that works full time with children, I want to thank you, mm-hmm. Dylan, for doing that work because that matters that you're telling them that you see them. Oh, thank you. Well, I feel seen by you saying that because, <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely what we are going for with these kinds of books. I To have a, a, a picture book history of of transgender activists is something that I can't, I, I don't know. I can't believe that I'm actually, that, that it is a time when we, when we have this thing in front of me right now. Um, but what a wonderful time it is. And I hope that, that not only be amazing, but also that Rainboy get a lot of love and a lot of attention and a lot of centering in libraries and in story times. And that, um, I hope that it brings you, to a lot of children and brings a lot of children to you and that they're able to communicate to you, Dylan, how much your work means to them. Oh, thank you. I hope so too. (laughs) I feel like uh, this is the right time for me to put a cap on this conversation for now, but also to give you a chance to speak directly to those children Uh, I've tried my best to honor them through our conversation as much as I also am a big fan of your work and of these books. But to give you the opportunity to speak directly to them, I'll end this way, Dylan. And that is that I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Uh, Sorry, I'm just realizing that when I had read this because you had talked to me about in the uh, email about preparing for this question. And I'm just realizing that I misread the question before as like, uh, what should I bring, bring them from you and not what message. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I'm ready for the question. Like I'm going to tell them to bring chocolate chip cookies. And now I'm hearing the question again. I'm like, Oh my God, that's not a message. That's the most charming answer. Uh, bring chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in, but also bring, is there a message? message of love? What is um, what is the message? Uh, well, I guess I can just reiterate uh, my message from before of to be themselves and to believe in themselves and um, to follow their truth. I feel like the chocolate chip cookie answer somehow feels more. Uh, feels like more I love it I love it all the children's book podcast is recorded and produced by me Matthew Winner in my library studio in Ellicott City Maryland you can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 550 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed.
We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.